0: today and first of all i just want to say a very special thank you to aliska and tim decorating the platform let's give them a hand another beautiful job amen 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 so first of all we just want to welcome all cfc uh family and friends uh those watching first time online or for your first time here any first time visitors in here this morning all right amen so we just want to welcome everyone just want to remind you that we're in phase two the governor went back to phase two uh uh, we're still allowed to have three quarters of building capacity so we got plenty of room those of you at home if you want to come to church we got plenty of room for you but again we uh, suggest use hand sanitizer when you come in that is at the door you can wear your mask if you feel feel comfortable too Uh, you're more than welcome to Um, another thing is uh, the children 12 and under, we're still going to have the nursery and those classes, but just to let you know, you, when a child comes in 12 and under, each of their classrooms have a touchless thermometer, their, their temperature will be taken, and uh, if they're running a fever, they won't be allowed in that class. So uh, again, I think that's just a good thing uh, that they don't pass any bug around uh, in that. So again, just uh, want to remind, remind everyone, we still got room, we're still here uh, on Sunday mornings. So stay connected with us. Those of you watching uh, right now is watching on Facebook um, if you're watching live. But we have several ways to stay uh, connected and up to date. Facebook is where you're going to find the most recent news and updates as in a a service cancellation. Uh, So go to Christian Fellowship Church Facebook page. The next way you can watch uh, uh, sermons uh, is also on YouTube. Uh, These will be past services. Uh, what I want to do, can I ask you all a favor? Go to YouTube and get, go to the Christian Fellowship, Pastor Scott Jeremy, and subscribe to the page at least. As the subscriptions go up more, uh, it sends it out to more people. So help spread the gospel just by subscribing to the channel. I think we're only at 25 subscriptions. How, who believes we could get to at least 30 subscriptions today? Amen. All right, those of you online, you go do that also. We just want to, if we go to 50... I'm going to eat a donut. That, that's why I'm going to be so happy. Amen. Amen. Please support me with donuts. Uh, <laughs> amen. So uh, stay connected there. Uh, also, we have the CFC website, which is welcome to cfc.com You're able to give on there and different things. And while you're on the website, you'll see a, a CFC phone app. Uh, that'll be the next thing. Uh, go on there, and it'll put an app on your, on your cell phone. And... Um, You'll be able to give, do all kinds of things with that. The easiest way to find all those things, uh, those of you that are in here, is if you go in your bulletin, you'll see this little round uh, scan thing. I call it a quick link. It's not a barcode, but it's a something. A QR code. Thank you very much. Uh, What you do is you scan that with your phone. And it'll ask you, if it goes to flowchart, open it, yes. And it'll pull up all those links in your phone where you could just tie right into it. So it makes it a lot easier. Uh, so that, that's the way you can stay connected there. Also, New Generations Children's Church, uh, ages 6 through 11, will be premiering their service that they're doing this morning at 7 o'clock tonight on their website. Uh, since we are in phase two, uh, our Wednesday evening services, we're going to dismiss again through December at least uh, as a safety measure. Uh, We don't have Wednesday nights, the week of Christmas and uh, New Year's anyway, so it's only a couple of services. Uh, Again, take precaution on that. Um, But I will be doing uh, water baptism on the the 31st as of right now. Okay, so the last Wednesday of the year, uh, if you want to be water baptized, I do ask that you get a paper on the back and fill it out. Uh, our last water baptism was supposed to be in March, and we had to cancel. That's when everything got shut down. So if you filled out an uh, application, then please fill out another one so I know that is still current. Uh, that way, if anything happens, we could uh, give you a call. Uh, but as of right now, today, we're going to do water baptism on Wednesday, December 30th at 7 p.m. When you walk in, we will take the temperature because we can't social distance too far in the water baptismal we'll tank. So. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I could stand out of here and push you down with a pull, uh, something like that. So, uh, we, but uh, again, uh, I do want to do that water baptism as long as we're able to. So I just want to wish anyone having a birthday this week. Between now and next Sunday, if you're having a birthday, raise your hand. Sister Mary Gisclair having a birthday tomorrow, I believe, right? Happy birthday to you, Sister Mary. All right, anyone else? All right, if you're having a birthday online, we want to wish you a happy birthday. What about an anniversary? Anyone having a wedding anniversary? Brother Bob? Thursday? How many years? Uh, 49 blessed years. 49 blessed years. Boy, what a good answer. Good answer. Survey says, right answer. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, anyone else? Anniversary? Janelle? Who's that? Oh, Jacob's birthday today? Okay, well, we want to tell Jacob uh, happy birthday. That's an anniversary, right? Every year you have a birthday. So, <laughs> Darren, you had your hand up? You, uh, Saturday. This Saturday coming, your anniversary? All right. How many years? Uh is not the right answer. <laughs> 22 years? Well, congratulations. All right. Amen. Anyone else having an anniversary? We don't want to miss anybody. All right, if you're having an anniversary online, we just want to tell you, happy anniversary. All right, so if you would, we're going to receive our morning and offerings right now. I want, first, I want to tell you uh, the ways you could give if you're not here in service today. Uh, you could go to welcomethecfc.com and give online there, uh, or you can mail it in to Post Office Box 1427, LaRose, Louisiana, 70373. But the best way to give is how? To be here, Amen. We love see. I love seeing your your happy faces here each and every day, Amen. Each and every week. I'm sorry. Each and every day, Amen. So I just want to read uh, our verses of scripture. So if you'd stand to your feet as we uh, read these scriptures this morning, let me find find my spot here. I lost my spot, but I found it. I want to read in Matthew uh, chapter 16, starting in verse 16. Where Jesus says, says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Jesus had just answered him, who you say I am. And this really ties in with our message today of who you say he is. It says, uh, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, meaning the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, blood and your own thoughts and your own reasoning, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, not Peter, but on his statement of faith that Jesus Christ is the, uh, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, he says, on that statement I will build my church and the gates of Hades, which translates hell, will not overcome it will be, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now I want you to understand partly with this, uh, what Jesus was talking about there. Being loosed in heaven and bound on earth. When you would speak salvation that Jesus Christ was the Son of the living God, life from heaven would come to you, that you were no longer in change, that your sin and things would be forgiven. Amen? So the next verse is just Second Corinthians 8, 3 and 4 says this, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they Uh, urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. So take your offering in your right hand and repeat after me this morning. I know it starts off as I give. There we go. As I give in today's offering, I I gratefully, I am grateful (laughs) for my local church and the vision we have to reach the lost to preach the gospel, and to see many people restored to Christ. I seize this opportunity to give of my resources and help support God-honoring work we are doing together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As Aliska begins playing on the piano, we've got three baskets you can just make your way out. Remember, keep your social distancing and just place your offering in a basket. call to worship this morning before we get started. Amen. How many of you is ready to worship the Lord? Amen. Amen. I call to worship for this month. Uh, can you believe we're already at the end of November? Oh, <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I just love this one so much that I carried it over for two months, but it's from the living Bible. It's Psalms 34, one through four says this, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. This again goes along with the message today. That no matter what goes on in our life, you know what? The world and the enemy, Satan, wants to shake you loose from the grip of God. He wants you to let go and just give up. But we need to remember that no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, we will continue to praise the Lord. He says, I will constantly speak of His glories and grace. I will boast of all His kindness to me. Let all who are discouraged take heart. And what he's telling you is if you're discouraged, get your eye off the problem and get your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Amen. It says, let us praise the Lord together and exalt his name. For I cried to him and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Father, we just come to you right now. Father, we humble our hearts to you right now, Father God, and we ask that you move in this place today. Father, moved by your spirit here, and for those that are watching online, we, Father God, we just pray that you touch each and every one of our hearts, Father God, as we come to you with a heart of worship, Father God. Father, I just pray that your presence would fill this place. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone shouts, Amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
1: Who am I that the highest king would win? I was a loss, but he brought me his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Oh, the sun stands free. Oh, he's free. See things like you too.
2: about anything he has the key to our future he can see all and everything he does I know we say this a lot but it's so true everything he does is for you good everything so I pray God give us the vision give us your vision God let us see things through your eyes Jesus So that we don't have to worry. So that we don't have to worry about tomorrow. Why should we worry about today? We've got to live in the now. The here and now. In the present and what God has given us. Because we're not promised tomorrow. Don't let yourself worry about tomorrow. God says tomorrow will take care of itself. But live in the here and now. And worship me and thank me for where you are. For where you are today and from where I brought you from worship in the here and now and thank me for where you are and that you still have breath and life to breathe let tomorrow take care of itself God said don't worry about tomorrow restore hope Jesus restore peace Jesus in the God who, who can do anything anything so if, if I can have every hand lifted up in this place today and we're going to sing this and we're going to confess and prophesy that we believe no matter what, we believe because we trust God let's sing it, every hand lifted just sing it I believe in you come on, confess it with your mouth what you see, sing it. You're the God Prophesy. God, say, I believe in you. I believe in you.
1: Yes, I do, Jesus. I believe in you. I believe in you Jesus. You're the
2: God Come on, sing it one more time. Come on, somebody to get
1: it. I believe in you. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in your promise, Lord. I believe in your spoken word. Because you're It's just who you
2: are. Somebody needs to hear that.
1: He's not going to fail you. He hasn't left you. And he's never Never gonna fail you, so just lean back and trust him. Trust
2: in the one who knows, trust in the one who knows your future. He knows everything, he knows everything. Lean on him, trust him.
0: Song, I think it helps if you really know the meaning of the word Noel. When I was growing up, I always thought Noel was somehow equated to Santa Claus. That was just what I was thinking. But Noel was actually tied into the Latin language, and it's a form of a word meaning the giving of birth. Or the coming or the entering of God. So when they're singing Noel, it's a, it's a form of saying that Jesus is coming to the world. God's gift is coming to the world. And that's where the song says to come and see because God has given Noel. He has come. He has given birth to, to the Savior of the world. And when you, when you know what that word truly means, the song takes on such a different... And it j- just might be me. Y- you guys may have already all knew that, but I did not uh, a few years ago. So uh, I, that song just means so much more knowing that. So, amen. Let's, let's put our hands together for the Lord this morning. Amen. You could be seated. We want to dismiss our kids 3, 4, and 5 to their class this morning. Amen. If you would, you could get your notes out this morning, and we're going to get ready to go here. Amen. Again, just want to welcome everyone. Uh, I know we had some people come in late, and if you joined us late online, we just want to say welcome again. Uh, The title of my message today is called Real Hope. Real Hope. How many of you know we need real hope in this world? Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer as as we begin this morning. Father, I just come to you right now. Father, I lift up everyone in the sound of my voice right now, Father God. I pray that our hearts be ready to receive your word this morning, Father God. Father God, put your spirit inside of each and every one of us, Father God, that our minds could comprehend your word this morning, Father Father, open our ears that we all could hear the things of the Spirit this morning. Father, open our eyes that we could see the things of the Spirit this morning. Father, as Paul prayed for the Ephesian church, Father God, give us us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so we may know you, Father God, know you better. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So again, our message entitled Real Hope That Never Fails. Real hope that never fails. And I want to start off with this one scripture so you uh, know kind of what I'm talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19. It says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ. Listen to the beginning of that. If only in this life we have hope in Christ. He says, we are of all people uh, most pitied. See, Paul's telling you if your hope is really just for this life, it's not real hope at all. It says "Your your hope is in Jesus Christ for eternity. And I think we need to realize as we look at this scripture that too many times we're focused on the here and now And our focus isn't on where God wants it to really be, which is on eternity. That we could get so easily shaken on this earth by things that are going on that it makes us give up hope in this life. But hope in this life is not where the real hope is. Hope is in eternity. And and Christ constantly, and that's what we're going to go through today, Christ constantly had to remind the people when he was here on earth, Actually, he said, you you know, we're going to talk about miracles. He is the God of miracles. But did you notice the first two lines before it says you're the God of miracles? It says, I believe in you. I believe in you. And that's where we need to understand is that we need to believe whether God answers our prayers and things in this life like the way we want him to or not. Because our hope isn't in this life only for him. Can I tell you something? There's going to be a time that I'll use myself as an example. There's going to be a time when people are going to be praying for me to be healed unless God comes back first. It might be 40 years from now, 50 years from now. I don't know how many. I don't know how how long I'll be on this earth. But one day unless He comes back, this body won't last. You could pray all you want. It's not going to happen. Uh, I've I remember in 2012 when my dad had a, his heart attack. And I was on my way to Terrebonne General one morning to visit him in ICU. He had a uh, flat five times uh, things. And I was going up there praying for God to heal him. And God spoke a word to me that just always stayed with me. He says, will you still love me? Will you still serve me if I don't answer your prayer the way you want me to? And it stopped me in my tracks, and I said yes. Now God, he healed him, he came out of the hospital there, but nine months later he passed away again of another heart attack. Now my prayer wasn't for him to pass away nine months later. But sometimes in this world, things and the miracles we want just don't happen. But that's why Paul's telling us, your hope in Christ is not just for this world. Because if it's just for this world, you're going to be let down. That we need to understand that in this world there, are, there will be trouble. There will be all these things going on. And we have to understand that, that sometimes the things we want God to do, He just doesn't do in this world. But your hope isn't for this world. Christ needed to keep reminding people your hope isn't in just this world. It's in eternity. So as I was thinking about this message and praying about this message this week. It kind of started last week when Brother Danny was here. And he had uh, talked about a scripture in Hebrews uh, that mentioned the word shaking. And I remembered when he said that. It just came back to me. It was either 2018 or 2019, I was standing right here for a prayer meeting and God had spoke to me that there was going to be a shaking before the awakening. And little did we know what's going on in 2020, all these things, but that God was going to be doing a shaking before an awakening. And I believe God's going to, uh, what we're going through right now is shaking But God's looking for those that are hanging on, that aren't going to let go. You know, uh, how many of you used to play that game as kids? Nowadays, they just play video games. (laughs) But uh, you used to say, you know, you'd join arms and say, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Michelle over. And she'd have to try and bust through those, make you break your grip. Well, that's kind of what's going on. You know, we're there, we're hanging on to God. And he's just saying, just keep hanging on. Don't let go. Don't let anything the enemy sends you away break your trust. Because everything in this world may not go your way, but your trust is not in this world. Your trust is in eternity. So again, 2018 or, or 19, it was shaking before awakening. And then last year, the word came that 2020, which we, we may not have comprehended right, but it was clear vision, 2020 vision, was that things would be exposed through government, through uh, in churches, and all these things. And I think that all ties in with the shaking and the awakening, that God's gonna exposing people and, uh, throughout, in churches, out of churches, for who they really are. That, that the real thing's going to be coming out. Before God moves, He has to let people know, this is where you really stand. Right? How many remember Peter? He told Jesus, Oh, I'll never betray you. Peter's in his mind, was... We read the scripture earlier that Peter said that uh, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, I'm going to build my church on that statement that you just made, Peter. But you better be sure... And watch yourself, because you got to understand that the enemy wants to sift you as wheat. The enemy wants to come and shake you and make you go away. And what happens? Peter denies Christ three times. That's shaking. You see, Peter knew in his, knew in his heart that he never leaves Christ. Many of us know in our heart, oh, we never leave Christ. But when the shaking comes, you see, the shaking and the test is to let you know where you stand with God. Because God already knows. The 2020 vision is so you could see. God already knows. God, God, Jesus told him, You will deny me three times. And Peter rebukes Jesus, says, There ain't no way, buddy. That ain't going to happen to me. You see, it's Peter that needed to know what was really in his heart, the, the flaws, those things, that, that he could be shaken. But I love Jesus says, but when you come back to me. He, he already knew that Peter would come back to him. And, and that, that was an area that God had to work in his life. So we understand that, that these things happen. And I just want to read a little lanyard to you right now. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. I put it in the computer though. It says, therefore we do not lose heart. Why would he tell you not to lose heart? Because things are going so good, don't lose heart. He's talking about don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. Why? Because you're going to go through things in this life. He says, therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, and that's talking about this body's dying and, you know, and you know, as things die, they swell. You know, your dog on this. I think I started swelling already, but i got to watch it. (laughs) But outwardly, we're wasting away. But he says, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. You see, this is where he's going back to talking about if you're hoping Christ is for this world only. It ain't going to happen for you. He says, but inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Verse uh, 17 says this. For our light and momentary troubles. He's trying to get you to get a, get a grip in what, what really is going on. Now, troubles and things we're going through in this life right now, they, they seem big and huge and all these things. We, you know, Some may be out of work for a long time. Some may be fighting the sickness and all of these things. And they're huge, but he's saying in the grand scheme of things. He says, it's a light and momentary. It won't last forever. That the troubles we're facing in this life are achieving for us eternal glory. That far outweighs them all. So he's letting you know, this life, don't put your hope just in this life. Because you're going to be disappointed, you're going to be let down. But it's eternal life. So verse 18 says, so fix your eyes, not on what is what? Seen. That's what we're going through. That's what he's trying to tell you. Don't fix your eyes. Don't be so focused on what you're going through that you lose sight of him. Think about that. I could be so consumed by something so small that it consumes all my vision. And I, I, always, I like to use that example. You could take a dime, the smallest coin we have. And if you close one eye the, and you bring it right up close to your eye, that little bitty dime will blind you to everything else in the world. See, the less I focus on it, the more I could see around. But if I focus so much on that little dime, I'll block out. Even God. So let's fix our eyes not on what is seen. Not on our problems. Not on this world. But what is what? Unseen. Our future hope. Our future glory. Since, we, since what is seen is what? Temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. See, if our hope is for this in Christ, is this life Only. He said, you're missing the whole point. You're pitied as much as anybody. He's trying to let you know that it's not for this life. It's not only in this life. Now, God will move in this world. He will do things. But again, things will not always go the way you want them to. Every prayer you have will not be answered the way you want it to in this world. And if you're not careful, the enemy is going to make you get mad at God. You're going to have you shaken and you're going to let go and you're going to turn to something else. Right? If God wants you to focus on the eternal things, guess what Satan wants you to focus on? The earthly things. So, what I want to talk about today is what we're going to see through Jesus' whole ministry Is, are we focused on the miracles or the message? The miracles, where miracles happen in this world, in this life, in this here and now. Now God is the God of miracles and God moves in things, but he wants us to be focused on the message of eternal life more than just the miracles. You see, we're not going to go through those scriptures today, uh, but once Jesus had done some miracles one time and he said that he had to withdraw from the people because they wanted to, Put him as king by force, and that, and that's what he said. It's not about this world right now. You see, they were looking for a miracle. They were looking for a king in this world, but Jesus says, "I'm not coming to be king of this world right now. I'm coming for salvation. I'm coming for eternity, for you you can spend eternity with the Father." So, look what this says uh, again. We're going to continue working through this. Hebrews 12:27 and 29 says, "The words once more indicating the removing of what can be shaken. Those things that can be loosed shall be let go. Those things that, that weren't holding on tight will be let go when trouble's come." He says, "Created things so that, uh, uh, those created things so that what cannot be shaken will remain." Okay, Uh, scripture, I'll I'll stop here for a second, but scripture talks about, and Brother Danny mentioned this last week, was that Jesus gave an example of two homes being built, one being built on the solid rock, the word of God, the trust, the the eternal message, and one being built on sand. Sand is temporary, it moves, it's shifting, representing this world, these things that we have in this world, and he says, when the winds and waves come, and he speaks about that. The the waves and wind will come against the house built on the sand, just as it will about the house built on the rock. But he says only one's going to stand. is the house that is built on the message of God. On the rock of there. It doesn't... Just because you serve Him and love Him doesn't mean storms don't come your way. Storms will come your way. And if your hope is in this world only built in the sand... Is going to be destroyed. Your hope has to be built in the Lord. And then it goes on to say this. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be what? Shaken. This world can be shaken. The things in this world can be shaken. The created things can be shaken. But God's kingdom cannot be shaken. And when the shaking comes in this world, those things that truly don't belong to God's kingdom get shaken and fall by the wayside. They give up. They lose hope. They turn to something else. Well, God didn't do it. You know, sad to say, but there's a lot of people in this world that come, to, they have a crisis, God. Whenever they have a crisis in their life in this world, they turn to God. God does a miracle, then see you later, buddy. See you next crisis. That's reality. That's people serving God for the miracles, not the message. They're more worried about what he can do for them in this life than what Jesus really came for. It's about get me through the here and now. And that's all I'm worried about. And that's where uh, Paul was saying. If your hope is in Christ only in this world, most pity because you're going to be shaken. Verse 28 again, I'll begin. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And then what I want to talk about this morning is as we're going to see the miracles Jesus performed, God will do miracles in this world. It's not saying he won't, but Jesus always had to refocus them Offer the miracles back onto the message. Because if you're not careful, you'll live for miracles versus the message. Now, we find at this time that great crowds are following Jesus. Okay? Great crowds are following Jesus. And we're about to read where Jesus feeds 5,000 men, not counting women and children, with uh, five little loaves of bread and two fish. Another miracle. But... What we see is, as he does these miracles, the crowds keep coming. How can I put this? Crowds will show up when you give them what their flesh desires. Not what their spirit needs. Let's think about that. We'll go to New Orleans. We'll open the Superdome, and we'll have Beyonce and uh, all the whoever else is. And that she may be out of touch. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who sings these days. But the latest stars in entertainment in the in the Superdome, which holds seventy-something thousand, and then you'll bring a person preaching the gospel right next door in the arena. I guarantee you, you'll fill that Superdome up way before you fill that arena. Why? Because the crowds go to what they want. You see, it's what can you provide for me? What kind of entertainment? What can you do for me in this world? But what they really need is the gospel. You see, they're, they're, it's like going, they're following the miracles, all the things that bring pre- pleasure in this life, that feeds the flesh. He's getting ready to feed 5,000, feeding their what? Flesh. But what they really need is the message. More people will be drawn to the miracles than the message. And that's where Jesus had to keep correcting them and say, Hey, you're missing it. You're after after only what I'm doing and you're missing why I'm doing it. So let's look at John chapter 6 verse 1. Excuse me. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him. Now a great crowd means a large crowd. Again, 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So it could have been 15,000 people are following. Think think about this. They didn't have cars. They're walking all over the place. This huge group is following. him. But notice what he goes on to say. Followed Him because what? They saw signs. Uh Uh-oh. They're following Him because He put on, if you want to go this way, a magic show. He multiplies bread. He does this. He heals people. They were following Him for what He could do for them, not for what He was trying, the message that came from heaven. He says that it followed him because of the signs, not his message, that he had performed by healing the sick. God still heals the sick. God does miracles. Jesus was doing it, but they weren't following him about the message of salvation. They were following him to watch him heal people. They were following him for what they could get out of him. For what he could do for them in this world. And, and So we see that all this large crowds there and Jesus feeds 5,000 with five loaves and two two fish. You know what he was trying to do? He was trying to show them what he really was. And as we go through scripture, you'll see this. Jesus was trying to get them to see that he is the real bread of life. But their mind was just stuck on, wow, five loaves and he fed 5,000, two fish. Wow, can we see that again? Can you do that again? Oh, we were so hungry physically, and you filled us physically. But they had no interest in that he was trying to convey to them that he is the bread of life that we need to eternal salvation. So let's go on. This is where we're going to jump down to verse 25. Look what it says. This is the same crowd. When they found him on the other side, again, they started following him around, kept following him around uh, of the lake. They said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answers, very truly, I tell you. Now, we're not going to read everything that's in in this uh, part of the Bible, but uh, Jesus says four times in this text that he's dealing with them. Very truly, I tell you. Now think about that. Is Jesus going to tell you a lie? No. Why does he say that? What what he's trying to do is tell them, listen carefully because you're believing a lie. Listen carefully. I'm, I'm trying to correct you. I'm trying to direct you in the real truth. Not the truth that you believe, but the truth that's really there. He says, verily I tell you, you are looking for me, but notice, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Now, what he, again, he's, he's trying to equate it back to that he is the bread of life. So he begins and he re- actually rebukes them because they're, they're more materialistic motivation. They're following him because he fed them bread. He's following them because he had a free buffet. He's not following them for the right reason. They're following him. We could get another free meal. We've seen, he puts on a good show. We're going to be entertained tonight. The cable's still out by my house. I don't know if it's out by yours, but, uh, you know, that's what they're saying. There's no TV tonight. Boy, it's going to be some good entertainment. See, they weren't following him for what it truly was. See, so he rebukes them about their uh, materialistic motivation, following for, because the loaves made their stomach full, uh, but, and he rebukes them because of their spirit, lack of spiritual uh, perception of what he was truly trying to say, that he was doing this as a sign to them that he is the bread of life. Verse 27 says, Do not work for food that spoils, he tells them but for food that endures to eternal life. You see, he tell them, get your eyes and your attention off the five loaves and the two fish and that miracle. He says, don't work for that type of food. Don't worry about those things in this life. If you're looking for me to Jesus just for those things in life and missing the very end, he says, but look for food that, en- that endures to eternal life. This is where he's trying to tell them, I am the bread of life. You, you're, as of right now, you're just looking to, to me for the bread in this life. But he says, I am the bread of life that leads to eternal life. Don't put your hope in me in this world only. But he says, it's for eternity. He says, uh, Endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, which is Him. For on uh, for on Him, God the Father has placed His seal of approval. Verse twenty-eight. Then they asked him, "What must we do to do the good works God requires?" And listen to this. Listen what they say. What he tells them, Jesus answered, the work of God is to what? Believe in the one he has sent. To focus on the one he had sent, not the miracles he's doing. The song we sang this morning, again, I enjoyed it much more than y'all because I knew about this message. But it's, I believe in you, I believe in you, the God of miracles. See, and their thing is, you're the miracle maker, and we're not sure if we believe if. When we're going to see this, you see, they believed in his miracles, but they weren't sure he was who he said he was. And that's what he's trying. That's what he's trying to get across. So what do they do? Jesus says, what you need to do is believe in the one who has sent me the purpose. I'm here. And he says, then they say this, what sign then will you give that we may what? That we may see it. And believe you. In other words, they're telling him again. Hey, you got to do something if you want us to believe it. You see, they were looking for the miracle and not believing the message. Give us a sign. What are you going to do so we may believe? See, and that's where the enemy comes in our lives right now. In this world, if God doesn't answer a prayer the way we wanted Him to and things don't go the way we thought it should, we we begin not to believe. You see, we're believing in the miracles more than the message. John chapter, chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. Listen to this. This is one of Jesus' disciples, Thomas. Everybody, what's, what's Thomas's name? His nickname? What Thomas? Thomas? Doubting Thomas. That's right. But he gets a hard time for that, but he's just, he was just one of the thousands back day that were doubting. Not just Jesus. I mean, not just, just not just Thomas. What happened to all Jesus' disciples when he went to the cross? They went back fishing, they gave up. Oh, it didn't turn out the way we thought it would. They all doubted. it. But then, look, look what happens here. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, now listen, th- these are the guys that had been around him and Jesus. He says, "We, the other disciples tell him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas says to them, unless I see the miracle, unless I see the nailed marks in his hands, And unless I could put my finger where the nails were, just to make sure it's not makeup and he's trying to disguise anything, unless I could put my hand into his side, I will not believe. In other words, I need to see the miracle of the resurrection before I believe that he was the resurrection. Believing the miracle more Than the message. Now, Jesus comes around and bursts his bubble here. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them this time. Through though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." Then he said to Thomas, "And listen." He covers everything Thomas said. See. God knows what's in your heart. You don't even have to say it. He already knows what's in your heart. And he says this because he knew this was in Peter's heart. He says, uh, uh, Thomas, I'm sorry. He says, put your finger here. Why? Because Thomas Thomas had said, if I I could only put my finger where the nails were. So Jesus said, hey, put your finger here. See my hands? What did did, uh, Thomas say? Unless I see, unless I touch. So Jesus says, well, put touch, touch, here you go. Look at my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. What, what did Thomas say? Unless I put my hand into his side, I won't believe. And so Jesus covers all those things for him. Here's all the miracles and the signs you need to see, Thomas. And then he tell, Jesus tells him this. Stop doubting and believe. Stop waiting on the miracle to happen to believe the message of God. We all fall in that boat a little bit sometimes. And what happens is, is because we're beginning to put our faith in this life only. Not realizing that the message, again, it just, if we're not careful, we forget that it's not about just this world. It said, Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him this. This is the only reason you're believing, Thomas, because you have seen me. He says, you have have seen me, you believe. But he says, blessed are those who have not seen, yet believe. See, he's saying blessed are those who who believe in the message more than the miracle. That they don't need to see. That they don't have to say, oh, prove it to me first, then I'll believe. Because we are to live by faith, not by sight. So let's go down to the message as it started out. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The beginning of the good news about Jesus... Now the good news that it's talking about there, that word good news actually translates to the word that we get, gospel, the, the gospel, the good news about Jesus. It's not about that it started, that is the book of Mark. It is the, about the salvation of Jesus through Jesus Christ. He says that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, the, the Messiah, the anointed one, the Son of God. That's the good news. He said, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah, the prophet, he says, I will send my messenger ahead of you. This is speaking of the you right there is Jesus. Speaking of Jesus, a messenger will come before him who will prepare your Jesus's way. He says, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him, and so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance and for the forgiveness of sins. Now you see, John's saying, get ready, someone is coming and we need to repent. Get our lives right, repent. Turn back to God because there's someone coming where your sins can be forgiven. With this thing, let me let me go quickly here. We'll jump down to verse 7. And this was his message that John spoke. He says, after me comes one more powerful than I. You see, many were beginning to follow John the Baptist and and things like that. And he says, I'm not the one to follow. He says, someone's coming more powerful than I. The straps of of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. He says, I'm baptizing you, John. I'm baptizing you with water. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now... Let's go quickly. Uh, The baptism and testing of Jesus. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Now, you'd say, well, why was Jesus baptized? Well, first, it wasn't quite like everybody else because he didn't have the repentance of sin. He never sinned. Okay? So it's not, again, when we get baptized, that doesn't save us. It's our faith in Jesus Christ that saves us. But Jesus was being obedient to the word of God. He says that we're doing this so all righteousness could be fulfilled. In other words, Jesus set the example for every one of us. He says, do as I do. Watch my life. Live the way I live my life. So he gets baptized. And again, what is showing in Jesus' water baptism, he says he's actually giving them a sign that they didn't quite grasp. But he says, I am going to be buried. I'm going to be crucified and buried. And I'll be risen back to life. And then what happens right when he comes out of the water, Jesus? The skies open up. Jesus says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit comes in him, representing, the, which tells us is the new life of God's Spirit that comes in us. When we become saved. So he's given us that example. Jesus didn't need to be baptized to be saved. He wasn't lost. He had no sin. It says, just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. Okay, now, the Holy Spirit isn't a dove. It's just symbolic of a dove, okay? So, uh, and verse 11, and a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And then notice this, at once, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, sent Jesus out into the wilderness, the desert, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being, what? Tempted by Satan. He went out, the Spirit of God sent him out, and would. you could almost look at it this way. It was for Jesus to be shaken. To prove that he's going to hold on. To show us that when we go through this life, temptations are going to come. Once we're born again, we're going to go through the trials, the fires of this life. But don't let it shake you loose. Hold on. That you can overcome this world. Let's go to verse 14. Jesus announces the good news. After John was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. And notice what he says. The time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and do what? Believe what? The good news. Notice he didn't say, repent and believe the miracles. He's telling them, repent and believe the message whether it's accompanied by miracles or not. Believe the message. Then we'll jump to chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Again, Jesus has in a, crowd, a crowd following him again, and he takes the crowd, and he has to try and redirect them from miracles to message. Listen to me. This... Is thing that happens here shows how jesus was realizing you guys are looking at the miracles again and forgetting the message notice what it says a few days later when jesus again entered capernaum he had done many miracles before the people heard that he had come they were gathered in such large numbers why because he was performing miracles he was doing things for them in this life what they could do right now, the miracles. They were, they were chasing him and watching all, the, all these miracles he was doing. He says, they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing him a paralyzed man, and we're, we're going to talk about preaching the word to them, because that's not what they were there for. They were there for a miracle. He says uh, some men came bring a paralyzed man carried uh, carried by four men since they could not get him to Jesus because the crowd they had so many opening in the roof and what are they, what were they bringing the man for? Cuz they wanted Jesus to do a miracle in his life. It wasn't about the preaching of the message it was they wanted a miracle for now. And not we pray to God we lift up our needs we pray for him Things to be healed there 's nothing wrong with that, but the thing is if you don 't get the prayer answered the way you wanted to, you better be careful because Satan wants you to let go of the message and get mad because the miracle didn 't happen verse four since they could not get him uh, to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus <laughs> digging through it and uh, and they lowered him uh, lowered the mat. The man was lying on. I think about that. What if you were having the prayer meeting at your house that night? And everybody shows up. And before you know it, you hear them taking out the skill saw, cutting a hole in your roof to lower the man down. (laughs) I think about that poor guy. What what, what was he thinking? Oh, my goodness. He says, when Jesus saw their faith. Now, what faith he's talking about? Their faith was a good thing. Because they were bringing him, because they knew if they brought him to Jesus, he would do a miracle for the man. But notice what Jesus does. To get the people's eyes off of the miracle, he says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, get up and be healed. See, to get up and be healed would be to help in this world right now. But he said, son, your sins are forgiven. He was trying to redirect the miracle-hungry crowd for this world into the eternal message. Trying to get their mindset off the miracles and on the message. Now, listen, he says, now some of the teachers of the law. Why do you think the teachers of the law were there? To hear Jesus speak the word? They were there to see the show. They were there to see miracles. They were there to see all these things. And then what happens? So Jesus says, your, sons are, your son, your sins are forgiven. And all of a sudden, they hear the message, but they reject the message. They don't believe He is the Son of God. They believe He could do all these miracles. They've seen them. But they don't believe the message. That therefore the miracles, not the message. They reject the message. They rebuked the message. It says, now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves. Why does this fellow talk like that? Why does he give us a message that he can forgive sins? How dare he? They said he's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? See, they did not believe He was the Son of God. They believed He'd done all kinds of miracles, but they didn't believe the message that He was the Son of God. Immediately, Jesus knew in His Spirit uh, this was what they were thinking where? In their hearts. Again, we don't have to say things for God to know what's in your heart. He already knows. See, too many times what we speak And what's in our heart are two different things. Peter. Oh, I'll never leave you, Lord. I'll never deny you. That's what the mouth spoke. That's what the brain thought. But the heart showed something different when the shaking came. And they said, oh, don't you know? When he thought he could lose his life, although he had told Jesus, I'll follow you even to death. See, what we speak doesn't always reveal what's really in our heart. Verse 8 Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their heart. So he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Why are you thinking that I am not the Son of God that has come for the forgiveness of sins? He says, Why are you thinking these things? He says, Which is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, Your sin is forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. You see, because that's what they all thought he was going to do in the first place. They thought he was going to do the miracle, but instead he says, well, let me give you the message. You're here for the miracle, but I'm going to see if you receive the message. See, they wanted the miracle, but they wanted to reject the message. He He says, but I want you to know I want you to know. I want you to know that the message I have has more power than just the miracles you sing here. He's saying, which is easier? For me, he says, y'all can't do any of it. He says, I could tell this man to get up and walk. Or I could say, your sins are forgiven. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. He says, So I'm going to do the miracle that you were here to see in a chance that you may start to believe my message that you should be here to hear. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. The man got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. They were, um, th- this amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we haven't seen anything like this. But think about that again. The amazement came and the belief came because they seen the miracle. Not because Jesus had spoken the message. See, we have to make sure that we are rooted in his message and not his miracle. God wants to do miracles in your life. God, God desires to do things in your life. But when the miracles don't happen, right? When, things, when we, we didn't want to go back to phase two, we there. I will praise God in all things because I'm not going to be shaken. We're going to keep on going and serving the Lord. So if you would, if you'd stand to your feet. As we bring this service to a close this morning. I don't know what you're going through in life. Right now. What you're facing those online and those in here. But if we put our faith in Jesus. In his message. In eternal hope. Real hope that is eternal. Not temporary. We'll make it. See, the enemy wants you just to focus on what's going on right now in the here and now in this place. But God is so much bigger than that. Right? Whatever day I'm in a coffin up here, don't cry for me. Because my hope wasn't in his, his, wasn't for this world only. I'll be with him. It said dancing on the streets. We'll be dancing on the streets so and maybe somebody can teach me how to dance first. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'll be doing the funky chicken or whatever. But we know God is a God that is more of, than this world. Amen. So if you never accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, if you have not placed your trust in the uh, message more than the miracles, I want to give you that opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. I just ask everyone just to bow your head and say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. And I believe in the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that you love me so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of all men's sins. I accept that forgiveness. I accept your mercy and grace and invite Christ to come into my heart to be Lord and Savior of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If that's the first time you've said that prayer, we have a little booklet in the front you can come and get. Those of you online, we love you, pray for you. Uh, Let us know if we could do anything for you. God bless you. We love you. Remember, Wednesday night, we're going to not have services on Wednesday for December. Stay safe. Amen. God bless you.